Welcome to the Transom Podcast, a monthly roundup of the new features on the transom.org website, providing mathematical puzzles, games, learning activities, and the ever-popular mathematics lesson starter of the day. Here's your host, John Tranter. Hello and welcome to podcast number 79 for the month of June 2021. I hope it finds you fit and well. So let's begin with the puzzle of the month, which I've chosen from a new book I'm reading called A Hundred Maddening Mind-Mending Puzzles from Rob Eastway and David Wells, which, by the way, is excellent. So here we go. This is one of their puzzles. The Gussetshire buses are among the last in the country where you can still buy your ticket with cash. The bus fares are all either £1 or 70 pence. Yesterday, Mrs P put £1 on the tray and the driver gave her a £1 ticket. Then Mrs Q put £1 on the tray and the driver asked her, Do you want a £1 ticket or a 70p ticket? The driver had never seen either of the women before, so why the different treatment? Okay, so have a think about that. Uh, The answer will be at the end of this podcast. And while you are thinking about it, I'll mention some of the new resources and some other thoughts I've had this month for your entertainment and education, I guess. The first new activity to have appeared last month is called Unbeknownst. It's a bit like those puzzles you see shared on social media, um, which can actually be solved using one linear equation with one unknown, and then you figure out by substitution all of the other unknowns. But um, this activity looks like them, but you actually need to use simultaneous equations to solve the puzzles. So there are five levels of difficulty, and at each level, if you refresh the page, the puzzle changes. So you've got lots of resources to use as you see fit. Now, another equations from pictures activity is called simultaneous shopping. Um, So what I've done is I've added shopping baskets containing items, but I've also added coupons. And this introduces negative coefficients into the simultaneous equations. Uh, That's at level five. So my thinking is as students have progressed through levels one to four, they will have got all the necessary skills to then cope with these negative coefficients without any, any further teaching. So have a go at that, simultaneous shopping. The links to all the things I talk about in this podcast are available at transom.org slash newsletter. Okay, what else has happened last month? Well, two new help videos were created and uh, uploaded. One covered the formulas for finding the volumes of solid shapes, and the other covered area and perimeter. So they are in the help tabs to the relevant exercises. Um, So I hope students, if they do get stuck, will find those useful. An exercise on the area and perimeter of a kite has been added to the Kite Maths collection. Uh, This is an old section of the website and it was originally inspired by my amazement at the amount of mathematics that can be represented by folding kites from A4 
sheets of paper. Well, actually, any A size, so A3, A4, A5, whatever. Um, and if you do it with coloured paper, you can make some stunning displays as well as enjoying all the mathematics that it has to offer. You can find Transum Mathematics at www.transum.org. Transom subscriber Chris Boardman suggested the standard form algebra exercises and sent me some great question ideas. So, have a look at that. I've already been using it with some Year 11 pupils. Very nice take on uh, standard form or scientific notation and it really does deepen understanding. Talking of Year 11 pupils, one of them has asked for help with some equations he's encountered in physics on the propagation of uncertainties. Now, I thought I'd be well equipped to help out having taught upper and lower bounds for many years, but then I discovered that this physics topic is something else completely. Um, look it up on Wikipedia if you want to know what I mean. Propagation of uncertainties. Oh well, I have until tomorrow to make sure I can answer the questions in the textbook and that I don't get asked to derive the formulas. I mean, the first one is uh, straightforward, but beyond that, I'm not sure how they've got those formulas. You can see them in transom.org slash newsletter. Have you ever had the experience of realising something later in life that you wondered how you'd missed <laughs> for all that time? Um, well, over the weekend I found out that there are Roman numerals for fractions. Did you know that? I had to quickly add two new levels to the Roman numerals exercise to include the fractions um, while I was excited by the idea. And I reckon it will be a good extension activity for those who quickly master the, the Roman numeral integers. I made a lesson countdown page for myself, but I guess that others might find it useful too. It works with the class admin system on Transom, and it's linked to from the lesson plan pages, and it provides both a digital and analog countdown leading up to the, uh, the time when the lesson is due to start, according to the, the lesson plan. And it contains a reduced size version of the starter, as listed in the lesson plan, and also a reminder to pupils about the equipment that they should be getting ready before the start of the lesson. And when the countdown does finish, it automatically loads the full-sized version of the starter. So I, I envisage that this could be projected on the whiteboard at the front of the classroom for the benefit of those arriving early to lessons. But that's not what inspired the idea. My plan is for it to be used as your shared screen on the Zoom or whatever video conference platform you're using uh, in the minutes before you start your online lesson. It gives a bit of a more professional way to start a lesson and it'll be better than having a blank screen or a waiting room or or just having the video turned on and the pupils able to watch you preparing the lesson or stroking your cat or combing your hair or whatever you're doing. So um, that's called the, um, the lesson countdown. Now, talking of online lessons, 
my repertoire of methods and resources has grown exponentially over the last 12 months. My latest must-have is a bit of software called ManyCam, which can be downloaded. It's not free, but it's, it's a reasonable price. I think it is absolutely brilliant. Now, if you can imagine the control room at a big TV studio where they have numerous screens showing all the different views of the studio, and they can easily switch from one to the other as the program's going on. Well, ManyCam provides that on your computer. Now, there isn't um, really time to explain all the benefits and some things you probably haven't even thought of yet. Um, but in the newsletter, I've, I've put a screenshot of the bottom of the, uh, the ManyCam screen that shows all the presets. And just to run through the presets that uh, I've just got set up on this example to give you an idea. Um, on the first preset, I've got the lesson countdown timer that I just talked about earlier. And then screen number two that I can transition to is just the default view of me talking to the camera. Um, number three, I've got an overlay of trigonometry graphs, the trig graphs, uh, and I can sort of point to them from behind pointing out key features, and that's been really useful. Uh, screen number four, I've got the numbers 1 to 12 as an overlay around the screen that I can point to for time, table, facts, recall, practice. Um, screen number five, I've got a uh, side view. That's just the default camera in my laptop rather than the main um, Logitech webcam that I've got. And that's sort of um, good for close-ups of visual aids. Number six, I've got my iPhone clamped over the desk, so it acts like a visualizer, and I can very easily transition to that view. Um, number seven, I've got a PowerPoint presentation queued up and ready to go on the computer, and it's all sort of built into the, uh, the ManyCam presets. Uh, view number eight, I've got a large view of calculator buttons that I can draw on with the built-in drawing tools. Um, number nine, I've got a, a silly congratulations animation to celebrate achievement. Number ten, I've got a PDF file open with sort of me in front of it that I can actually, again, write on and scroll through and highlight various formulas. Number eleven, I've got a video from YouTube all queued up and ready to go. And number twelve, I've just got a, a goodbye screen for the end of the lesson. So hopefully that's given you ideas on the range of things that you can quickly transition between to make your lesson very smooth and professional looking. Okay, have you come across the polyominoes activities on transom? There are a couple of dominoes challenges and pen tetrominoes, pentominoes and hexominoes investigations. And I'm sure that like me, as you're doing these things, you, you like to point out the etymology of the words. But it was only this week I learned that the the do, the do in dominoes, isn't a suffix meaning to. Yes, I heard this while I was brushing my teeth. I was listening to a podcast. It was the QI uh, No Such Thing as a Fish podcast. And it went a bit like this. And I quite like the whole ominoes thing. This um, grew out of the domino, which was the original omino, which is just a piece with two bits. 
And then someone decided in sort of, I think, the 60s or 70s to make polyominoes a thing. So that's one of those shapes with various numbers of squares in them. So, yeah, you got dominoes, you got triominoes, you got pentominoes. Did you say there was a, an original omino or is that no, just the... Like, this is a botched no, etymology. No, that's the stem. Uh-huh. I yeah. don't think it is, though, because the dot, the dot in domino doesn't mean two. No, no, it's not a, it's not a proper step. It's the door was, that's, domino was a thing. That's what, and yeah. then a person said, oh, door sounds a bit like it could mean too. So let's create this whole class exactly. of things called it's polyominoes. Fraudulent. It's a fraudulent <laughs> etymology is what I'm saying. <laughs> domino derives from a word. It was originally, a, a we think, a hood that priests yeah, it's Dominican uh, wore. monks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so the domino was the hood worn by the Dominican monks. It's a, you know, it doesn't mean anything. So what Tet should dominoes, you call it then? I, I, I haven't got an alternative um, etymology just lined up because I'm not a faker. I wouldn't do that to you guys. Okay. I mean, you seem quite angry about it. You had a few hours. I would happily call it a do-domino because it's four sections and that could be two dominoes together. Yeah. Yeah. Just sounds like you've got stutter. <laughs> Finally, here is the answer to the puzzle of the month. Mrs. P put down one pound in small change, a mixture of 20 pence and 10 pence coins from which the driver could easily see that she wanted a one-pound ticket, because otherwise she would have given him exactly 70 pence. Mrs Q put down a one-pound coin, which could either have been used to pay for either type of ticket. So that's how he knew the difference. That was an interesting sort of unusual puzzle. Hope you enjoyed that and maybe inflict it on your classes. Anyway, that's all for now. Look after yourself and, if you can, someone else too. Bye. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Transom podcast. You can find the website at www.transom.org where you're welcome to use all of the activities absolutely free or jump in with both feet and become a Transom subscriber. 